Welcome to our podcast, Why Do We Do This Shit, where we'll explore things we do in work today and ask if we really need to do them. We hope you will laugh and learn, but we can't guarantee any minds will be changed. Meetings. All right. Why do we do this shit? Do we do this shit? I do this shit every day. We're doing this shit right now. Yeah, we're doing this we're shit right now. We're meeting to have meetings. Yeah. Yeah. It's a meta meeting. Well, did anybody find anything interesting? Yeah, I guess so. Do you think these meetings are like so, being in the office? That was my question. Wait, what? what? Meetings are like being in the office after COVID, where everyone's like, that's how I manage people. I look at them and make them be in meetings with me. Hmm. I mean, I think that's one, I think that's one approach for sure. Greg, what were you what did you start to say? Well, I was gonna say something about the history of meetings, but now I'm going to get on my soapbox for a minute about meetings. Cause I, my opinion on meetings is they are generally for lazy people. Ooh, I think go on. Yeah. Yes. Very, very now eyebrow raising painting with broad strokes. There, there's certainly types of meetings and some meetings that are beneficial and necessary, but dude, I look at my calendar most days and it's just a bunch of meetings that have no business being meetings that, and, I, and I'm pretty good about declining and just not joining. Cause if I don't feel like I need to be there and I'm not getting anything and I'm not contributing anything, I, I, I don't care about being in the meeting, but even then like I find myself on meetings all the time where I just don't understand the point. And I think people are just so quick to schedule meetings when instead of, spending a little bit of time to just figure out what they're actually trying to do and who really needs to be involved and if it can be an email or if it can be this or if they can just do it themselves or whatever. But the default is just, well, I'm going to schedule a meeting and invite 12 people to it. And then we'll, you know, talk for 30 minutes and hopefully get to figure out what it is I want to figure out. It's just my whole day is full of that kind of stuff. Sometimes it's so frustrating. It just feels lazy. So, you know, it's interesting you say that because when you were talking about all the people who get invited, it's also the multi-purposing of the meeting to meet Mm. too many objectives at once. Like I'm going to have specialists who have expertise that I need to hear from, but I'm also going to have my stakeholders because I need to keep them close. Right. And then I'm, yeah. Make a decision. Yeah. Nobody knows who's doing what for whom. Right. Yeah. Well, that actually meetings are like hypothesis, though, about it's lazy people because it's lazy managers yeah. who think that the way that you understand people's productivity is by walking past their desk. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> well, I, that's where I feel like, like what you were saying at the beginning, like that to me, I think that that is a form of a meeting where it basically is just like I am, I am managing you, and therefore we have to have this discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Meetings are like the PowerPoint of interaction (laughs) (laughs) or like, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Meetings are the PowerPoint of meetings and I don't know what I'm trying to say, but basically like 
I don't know what to do, schedule a meeting, or I don't know what to do, let's do a deck. Like mm-hmm. that's it's like default behavior. But I don't want to. I don't want to totally trash meetings because I do think there's some value. Totally in, in times, but we've over-indexed. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. ask. Can everyone hear me? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> now, oh, glad, speaking I'm of virtual meetings, yeah. Speaking of virtual meetings, it did take us ten minutes to get on this meeting. Just mm-hmm. FYI, I was counting. Um, but I was just curious. When was the last time you guys had a really good meeting? If any of you all can recall a memorable meeting and what made it memorable, a week week and a half ago. Yeah, it was. And it's, I mean, not like, because I was leading it, but it's because I was leading it. And we did a 30 minute, like, uh, silent brainstorm type of activity. And people like were pinging me and emailing me afterwards, like, holy shit, that was the best meeting I've had all week, all month, you know, we got so much done in 30 minutes, like, can you join my team and help me do that kind of stuff? And it's, it's because, you know, you're actually focused, and you're actually just doing what you set out to do so yeah well interestingly i would say the one that comes to my mind is the same for the same similar reasons and it was a for i feel like the key for at least for this specific meeting to generate what we needed to generate the silence was like the enabler period Mm -hmm. like just force silence and then discussion in a very specific time box time and for what reason made it successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to like oversimplify my glib statement about meetings and, and physical attendance, but it, again, it also gets to the, like what's great about silence is that it's not about presence. It's not about taking up space in front of other people to show how, awesome you are or how important you are or tell yourself you're important by yabbing a lot about stuff mm-hmm. you know something I, know. I i'm curious to get your guys thoughts on with meetings because i it's like i don't know where i come down on this so i i work from home exclusively these days like i barely ever travel anymore and my nearest office is so far away i don't ever go into it and not that i really know anybody there so anyways <clears throat> all my meetings are virtual so there's a part of me that wants all those meetings to be super efficient and just like, let's jump in, let's talk about whatever we got to talk about and jump out. But it's also my only like human interaction, sadly, in a lot of ways. So yeah. the like personal banter at times is nice because you're building relationships in the only way that you really can in this day and age sometimes. And but but then I also get to a point where I'm like, okay, enough. Like now let's move into the business because now half the meeting has been spent talking. So it's, I don't know. It feels like there's a fine line between the like, I don't know, that personal component and, and building relationships and just sort of like the the virtual equivalent of like walking past a coworker's desk in the office and, you know, mm-hmm. stopping to say hi for a minute. But, but like, I don't know. But I struggle I with like how that takes away from makes it inefficient too but i think, I think it has to be timed before. yeah what corinna i was saying i think that was true before i was just thinking of an interview i did with someone who was coming in as a cto 
and they had done some work with a leadership coach and gotten feedback from people that they worked, who they were, who they supervised. And one of the things was, you don't spend enough time asking me about my kids or what I did over the weekend. And he's just, just one of those guys who's like, I mean, maybe he was a great meeting leader because he was like, let's get to the point. Here's my objective. Let's do the thing. And he had people on his team who were like, no, like part of what I want out of this meeting is for you to show me that you notice me and I'm not just like an information cog for you. He said that was like the most powerful message he ever learned about himself as a leader. Hmm. But I think it's, again, it's about intention. Like if, if you're responsible for the meeting and you intend to create space for people to connect, that's great. If you do it because you're just like not sure what you're supposed to be doing and it happens, like, yeah, maybe you get the same outcome, but it's a crappy meeting. That's really interesting because the when I was when I was doing research for our meeting conversation, I looked up like I think Greg was going there with the history of meetings. Yeah. And it's interesting to think back to like Western um, from a Western English speaking world, like the purpose of meetings is very structured. It's like from the beginning. There's like a moderator. It says that, you know, people have um, an agenda that people go through and then one person might bring out the point and then there's a discussion and debate and then people vote on whatever. So meetings were in the past places to make decisions, places Mm -hmm. to have discussions, but then make decisions. But now it seems like based on, you know, with the new way of working, it's also shifting the purpose of meetings. Should yeah. we be calling like it meetings at out. all? Should we call it what? <laughs> oh, Should we even be calling it meetings at all? <laughs> yeah, I found some stuff. Um, Jackie, maybe this is what you found. The very first town hall ever in the in the United States. Did you find this? Maybe. Say more. I don't know. So Dor- uh, Dorchester, Massachusetts in 1633, per the town, town court's records, every Monday at the sound of an 8 a.m. bell, townspeople held a meeting to settle and establish such orders as may tend to the general good as aforesaid. The decisions made at these meetings were honored as law. Every man, that's how it was, written back then, right. every man to be bound thereby without naysaying or resistance. Imagine mm-hmm. that was meetings now. <laughs> every you decision know, is law. Do that. In, yeah. in the county where my where my summer house is in Maine, they have town meeting. Yeah. And that's where they what decide ordinances and like the, you know, like the yeah. school bus schedule and it's like Quaker Like it goes yeah. on for freaking ever. Have you been to them? Yeah. They're amazing. What, what's the vibe? The vibe is like, oh my God, annoying Uncle Fred is going to get up again and do his rant about fences or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like every, because it's a small enough place mm-hmm. that everybody knows kind of whose opinion is going to be where. But there also is this really great communal sense of like, we let everyone say their piece. Mm-hmm. So in that way, yeah. Greg, it goes back to it. Like it has this social yeah. purpose of the communities. Like we're going to do this thing together. 
and we're going to suffer the agonies of, you know, endless blabbers and, but um, that's part of what makes us a town that takes care of each other. With our you're, making, you're making me think like, cause it is like, we have, we have them. They're, they're not going away, but like in some of the research that I was looking at, it's like the percentages. And I say, I live in this camp. So a little bit of bias, but 65% said meetings keep them from completing their own work. 71% said meetings are unproductive and inefficient. 64% said meetings come at the expense of deep thinking. And 62% said meetings miss opportunities to bring the team closer together. Which to me, like even with our own, like our, our discussion, like we still do them. How, how can we not do them? <laughs> yeah. So like the different, oh, go ahead, Joe. Well, you asked the question before, like when was the last good meeting you've had? I have to go pretty far mm -hmm. back to remember the, the last bad meeting I've had. Okay. I was like, I was just going to say that's shocking since that's what you do every day. So bad meeting. That's interesting. I, I have not had a bad meeting in quite a while. <laughs> the same way. How does it relate to your being the one who structures the meeting? Direct um, correlation. <laughs> <laughs> one, one to what? I mean, <laughs> yes and no. I mean, there, there are definite, so I'm, you know, running a small company. I, you know, work, I, I work to bring in new clients, work with them once they've been established clients to figure out what I'm going to do for them, um, work on a project, you know, every, I think the major difference is I don't have any unnecessary meetings. Mm. Like I had a great meeting yesterday with a client and it could not have been an email because it required a lot of back and forth. Maybe it could have worked as a chat, but it did require information this person was gonna give me, my reaction, and it, it required a back and forth. And I just can't think of the last time, I can't think of a time in the past year, maybe one or two bad meetings. And I think back to, you know, before I was running my own company, um, when I was in, and you know, in my life in other companies, and I had tons of bad meetings, tons. I mean, my day was just full of them. And I think it's just because of these meetings that get set up as recurring that mm -hmm. never, never stop, mm -hmm. even when they become unnecessary, because nobody wants to be the one who says like, well, we don't need to meet anymore. Um, yeah. It's and Greg, I'm happy to hear that you're like, okay, declining a meeting. But I think that's probably rare. People are like, I, I feel, feel guilty about it. Yeah. Meeting. yeah, yeah, which they shouldn't, but that's not the norm. So people end up attending stuff they don't really need to be in, um, and that just that just grows and grows and grows, mm -hmm. and eventually your mm -hmm. calendar is just full of it. And the thing that really stood out Cultural to me, and Nicole, yeah, yeah, Nicole, you and I were talking about this the other day. But so I I just recently went on a vacation, family vacation. And I worked a lot on the vacation, mm -hmm. but I never once felt anything like working on past vacations because every meeting was really necessary. And also I wanted them to happen. You know, like when I've worked 
when I've worked at other companies and been on vacation and been pulled into meetings or any kind of email response or whatever it is, it's usually been a situation where somebody probably, somebody else probably could have figured the thing out or done the thing, or it could have worked out totally fine without me. Um, and, or I felt guilty being the one who, you know, wasn't checking in or whatever it was, but mm-hmm. I didn't feel that at all on this vacation. And I, you know, I did some meetings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, something that Nicole said that stood out to me too, and it kind of goes back to the idea of like controlling your calendar is the whole how meetings take away from deep work. Because mm-hmm. e- even if a meeting is a necessary meeting, which I don't think a lot of them are, but even if it is like when you've got an hour of meetings and then a 30 minute break and then two hours of meetings and then a 45 minute break. And then, you know, like your whole day, you don't have any pockets of time to like really do anything. So the other thing I try to do, and I try to be very diligent about maintaining it is it's like blocking out my calendar. So I've got Friday afternoons are like my strategy time or certain times of the morning are like time that I kind of hold sacred. And unless it's an absolutely necessary meeting, like it's just a no-go for me, especially because it's blocked out. So if somebody's going to schedule over it, like they saw it was blocked out. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's like, otherwise I don't have, I I can't switch gears that quickly and like go deep into whatever I really need to be working on. So I think it's just such a killer of people feel busy because they're productive because they attended 17 meetings that day, but like, what have they actually done to, you know, what do they have to show for it in terms of like, meaningful work and that's the other thing that i think sucks about meetings so i totally that resonates with me in a big way the whole deep work thing i like that well i like what what you said specifically about like flipping the default and i think joey you even mentioned like or someone mentioned just like we just do this by default but like flipping Mm -hmm. the default to i'm gonna decline this unless there is a really strong reason for me to accept Mm -hmm. it And I think what's interesting about that from a social dynamic is that there are, I feel like there are so many workplaces in which being present is thought to be a way to show connection Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. respect or, you know, I, I, I look up to you. I, I respect your position in making me be in this thing. And I also like visibility is how I demonstrate worth as opposed to the outcomes that I produce. Right, totally. That's a great um, way to put it. Yeah. And I think, do you, do you remember that project I did? What was like, what about this meeting made you feel like it wasn't designed with you in mind? Mm-hmm. 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 You know, and, and one of the things that everybody in those meetings says when it was like a hierarchy meeting, where it was like someone at the top that really, that had very necessary information. And they were the only person who had this information because of the relationship they had with, you know, who they were working for. And and lower level people needed that information. They needed to ask them these questions. And this person's time was incredibly limited. And every every time that this person who was the leader of the meeting ostensibly would, would completely throw out the agenda and want to talk about what they wanted to talk about. And the you know, seven other people who just needed to get some information because it's the only way they were going to get it, were com- then we're going to actually be unsuccessful in their job and be penalized for doing bad work because that person didn't respect the role that they had as a leader to be present in a meeting to do the things that only they could do mm-hmm. so that their people could go do what they needed to do. 
And I don't think leaders often recognize that that's what's happening in a lot of meetings, um, that, that they, they are ultimately the provider, not mm-hmm. the receiver. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it goes back to your intention. Yeah. This, uh, this kind of ties into that. I just wanted to share this because I found this in an article and it like blew my mind. So Bain did, I don't see a year on it, but they did a, um, a research study of a large unnamed organization. And it was all around like the efficiency of meetings. And one of like the key findings was there was a single weekly executive meeting. Right. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, it doesn't say how many executives or whatever, but there's a single meeting happened each week throughout the course of the year. Um, that even though it took collectively 7,000 hours to run that meeting over the course of the year, which I don't know where they got that number from, but, but whatever, that's 7,000. They estimated that it wiped out 300,000 work hours because it spawned so many additional meetings. So they said Mm -hmm. each weekly meeting required 11 unit check-ins, which was another 19,000 hours, 21 team meetings, which was 63 hours, 130 prep meetings, which was 200 some odd thousand hours. So it's like just for that one check-in meeting that may or may not have been necessary. There was, you know, multitudes of additional time wasted because of all the other meetings that had to happen to prep for that one and to follow up from that one. And, just um yeah i just thought that kind of blew me away and the the exponentiality of it i don't think we think about in the time like when Mm -hmm. you're in the meeting and i feel like we've talked about this before like looking around the room with a bunch of c-suite people like thinking about their hourly Mm -hmm. cost is that it's like oh you're like oh this this hour that we're in is costing us a hundred thousand dollars right yeah it's crazy so you, you both reminded me of a thing I found. Um, uh-huh. So the history of the telephone. So meetings originally could only take place. I saw place. this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. So, so January 25th, 1915, Alexander Graham Bell places a long distance call and it's, um, who's on it? Woodrow Wilson, the mayor of San Francisco and New York and a couple other people. And it's like the first conference call basically yeah. and oh wow and the, the, thanks a so, lot alexander yeah yeah jerk can you hear me but can you hear me but yeah exactly it was like the worst so um they, they it worked they spoke for three minutes and they didn't end up doing a lot of it because the cost there was an actual cost not uh-huh. like this sort of like here's how many hours this cost us which is it's almost like you funny know, money measuring yeah. like the impact of like environmental change. Yeah. Like it's so it's so far removed from the act that it's hard for people to connect with. But this was not, which I feel like maybe there's some way. But it basically, if you wanted to run a 10 minute daily huddle for five remote teams at that time, it would cost you six thousand two hundred fifty dollars a week. That's in <laughs> wow. 1925. Yeah. Wow. Fifty dollars. Fifty dollars per attendee minute per minute. so like imagine it was like that now where it's like yeah you gotta get your shit out you gotta really justify like (laughs) how you even need a meeting yeah like a meeting like a meeting tax Mm -hmm. you get x number of minutes or hours back if you attend x number of minutes or hours in yeah but but that's like so interesting to think about if you had to justify Yeah. yeah right 
But how many people yeah. are like captive in their meetings too, right? I mean, it's, it's, I think you have to hold the, the, I don't know, where do you do it? Like, do you, do you just declare that if there's no agenda, nobody has to come? Like, wouldn't that immediately just obliterate like how many meetings? Okay. So you're actually making me think one question that I had, where are you guys on agendas in meetings? I have an opinion. Why? Yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I may have written an article about it. Um, I may have researched so, an article. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So basically what I wrote there, which I fully, fully believe, is that the agenda is like, it's like, I think uh, the analogy I use, it's like the, the recipe. Um, yeah, yeah. Or no, it's the ingredients. Yeah. yeah. So basically like it's part of it. An agenda is a good thing to have, but all too often somebody will put a meeting on somebody on a group of people's calendars, write an agenda, and they're like, Phew, I'm done. This meeting's going to be great. And then they show up and there's no plan for how to make that happen. So the mm -hmm. agenda has to be paired with a plan, I think. And the plan has to be specifically, how are we going to do agenda mm -hmm. item one? So if agenda item one is collect ideas, how are you going to do that? Where will the ideas go? Then if agenda item is number two, like decision on something, how are you going to decide? What's your decision criteria? And you just have to have thought through all this stuff in advance. Otherwise, you might as well not have an agenda sometimes because it's just not going to go anywhere. So yeah, well, in which case you shouldn't have a meeting either. Yeah. Yeah. No, because right. if, if the yeah. meal analogy worked, it would be like, all right, so I'm going to beat the chicken and like roast the oranges, right? Like all the, all the step, all the processes are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but you end up beating the chicken the whole time. <laughs> or, beating, or beating the oranges when you needed to beat the chicken <laughs> all along. Into the froth. Yeah. Yes. Well, but I think to me, you're also indicating, like, I feel like, again, there's, it's more the how to which I will say what has also been a big game changer for me has been time, allocating time and time boxing things where I will say I hadn't done that before. And I do feel like that there is something to, again, going back to your original comment, Corinna, about having intention. If the intention is to do X, how do we back out of that? How does a 30 minute thing break out into that? How do we have to pace it? who yep. needs to be responsible for what, who's making the decision, who's asking to make the decision. The whole, the whole thing of time boxing, like it, going back to the meeting that I had a week and a half ago. Right. So yeah, it was a 30 minute meeting, but you know, we, we accomplished a lot in there cause we had like five minutes allocated for this thing. And I set a timer and five minutes is up. We made a decision. We moved on, you know? And, and I feel like, I can't remember. I think there's like a, like a, like Murphy Locke, I, there's something like that. I can't remember the name, but like a task will expand to fill the mm -hmm. time allotted for mm -hmm. it, you know? So when you go into a 45 minute meeting where the goal is to share the findings of X, Y, Z, right? Like it'll, they'll spend the 45 minutes or, you know, maybe you get five minutes back at the yeah. end or whatever. But the idea of time boxing to just say like, I, you know, I don't know, we're going to spend five minutes catching up and we're going to spend 10 yeah. minutes talking about this and then we're going to spend three minutes voting and then we're done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it forces people and it makes people uncomfortable, but it just, it makes it so much more efficient. Yeah. I feel like, you know, 
That's know. what I wanted to ask about is the, the discomfort part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and like why, how discomforting it can be for some people to get to like good, not perfect or enough, not everything. And I'm just wondering why you guys think that's so uncomfortable. I mean, I know we, I, I can think of a million times when we've done that and people are like, but no, wait, I, I'm not ready. And I'm like, is on the one hand, is it just a sort of personality mindset that, that is a like check every box, fill every, you know, fill in every dot? Or is there something else at work that makes people afraid to move quickly? Yeah. I mean, I, just sorry to interrupt you, but I I do feel like there is one thing that I feel like I have experienced that I have had to even check myself. And that's really just the practice. And, and I say that just, I mean, obviously all of us, like we have all experienced these coordinated times together that were meetings or workshops or whatever. And got to practice in just like muscle memory thing but that I feel like I have had to have that conversation with other people before where it's like I mean a little little bit of trust but more of like this feels more comfortable to me because I've done this a lot this is not going to feel comfortable to you because this is not what you're used to so even to me even I think acknowledging that it's just a different way to experience it again going back to like you've been used to sitting without intention and now I'm asking you to sit with intention and I, I recognize that that's uncomfortable like that to me I, I feel like I've had to say that multiple times but it was more my recognition of oh this is how I've practiced so I I this yeah. is more comfortable to me now I, I, mean, I, I think, think go ahead I was just gonna say like and this is gonna sound so jaded and I, I hate that I feel this way but like I also think people are are <laughs> Some people love meetings because it's an opportunity to just sort of like kick the can down the road for another couple of days because, well, we've had the meeting, we talked about it and I checked that box. Now mm-hmm. I got to follow up with this person. And, and so it's, it's just sort of like some people are in this constant state of like meeting about something. And I think like when a meeting's really efficient and really direct and you're forcing people to like take accountability and make decisions and own something that they, they have to then leave the meeting and do not everybody loves that. You know, some people like just like sort of saying that they're busy because they were in meetings all day without doing anything. You know? That's a good point. So Great. You're like, people are kind of douchebags. And like, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a but, good point. And I don't think there's something, I don't think that's wrong, but I also feel like there's a, there's a real fear i feel like there's a lot of fear in the workplace of making a wrong decision i mean right i mean how do you remember i told you yeah. about the thing i did about failure and how we all talk about fail fast and like nobody yeah. ever got a bonus for fail well, exactly because we are not incentivized to fail yeah. at all we're incentivized Absolutely. for the opposite fail, but only in ways that are completely yeah. inconsequential yeah right and and yeah. like and like sunk cost thinking is fucking everywhere. Mm-hmm. But we already spent $2 million, you know, like let's just throw another four yeah. and then, mm-hmm. you know, no one will get busted for it. But so, but and then think, six months and five meetings later. <laughs> but I do think there's a, a real fear in there mm-hmm. of like make, of yeah. not having, pers- having considered everything so that someone can, can come back later and be like, well, what about that? And you're like, oh, I didn't consider that. 
or I, I, you know, I just, I hate to say it. I think more workplaces are more filled with fear than we even acknowledge that people even internalize their fear is just a normal part of work. Yeah. I, d- I mean, I yeah. don't think you're wrong at all. It relates to the performance review episode we did. Yeah, I mean, a lot of tie-ins, you know, if somebody is afraid to, afraid how uh, a not 1000% informed decision affects their performance rating, then, you know, why make it? Which affects their bonus or their salary. Yeah, affects their bonus, affects their life, affects their family. So yeah, why, why go that far? Totally. So I did want to share this one thing that I found that was awesome. And I wish that more people did this, but it was um, Shopify. I don't know if you guys saw this. They uh, felt like, or they saw that meetings were a real burden. So they automatically canceled all meetings of more than three people uh, for around a total of 12,000 calendar series and events. Wow. What happened? I love that. Did they track... Like, I, well, they're, yeah, yeah they're, that their performance went up um, and their productivity went up. Um, <laughs> I was going to joke like they all produce PowerPoints. You know what it reminds, you know what that reminds me of? So whenever I get a new phone, I'm one of these uh-huh. people who I don't like to port anything. I don't, you know how oh, I do the same like, thing. Yeah. 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 I start with a clean slate. Yeah, I mean, my photos are stored somewhere, so I don't lose my photos, but I start with a brand new phone and I love it so much because I only add an app when I know I actually need to use that app. I think that's what happens. It yeah, is, well, it made well, me think of your calendar cleanse. Yeah, yeah no, it, it totally yeah. made me think of that, like, delete every quarter, go through, delete whatever is not serving you. And if it comes back to you, then it was important. Yeah, yeah. 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 Agreed. It's kind of funny. Uh, I have the free version of Google Meets and Google Meets like limits Oh yeah. meetings to one hour, but I've seen like half hours for some other platform before. And it like makes me think about, oh, like well, it's funny how corporations will like pay more so you can have unlimited meeting time, but it's like, <laughs> is that really yeah. necessary? Do you need to have like a three hour like duration. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but then I also, that whole thing where, you know, like, all right, 25 minutes. So you have five minutes afterwards. I was like, really? Like, so what? So I can pee and like, <laughs> it's really not amazing. that you No one's allowed to pee. No. <laughs> well, I will say one thing that I did read that I was like, oh yeah that it was talking about how bad back-to-back meetings were on you mentally and like it that you absolutely needed to have at least a 10 minute break in between and I mean not even like the shifting of focus it was more of like like so that you weren't amped and stressed with things like they they did right you bring the shit from the last meeting into the next meeting it's totally yeah. like speed dating, right? Can you imagine yeah. how incredibly ineffective that is if you thought of it like, I'm just going to have back-to-back meetings and, and yeah. I'm really <laughs> meet some great people and really connect. Remember none of them. Oh, none of them. <laughs> Except for the guy that was the subway driver, which I swear to you, not attracted to him at all, but I wanted to stalk him. Yes. Ugh. 
I Wait, why? Wait, finish finish that story. That's a weird way to leave it. <laughs> well, I, I I did sort of stalk him actually. I think to the point where he was like, "This isn't going anywhere, right?" I was like, "No, I'm sorry." But if I could tag along with you on one of your okay, because you you gotta I didn't know why. So it's because you wanted to see what it was like to drive the stuff. Yeah, I, well, I okay. I was very curious the whole experience and if they saw dead bodies. Wait, Which dead bodies? Do. Is that a thing? Yes. In the subway they, tunnels? They do. Yes. Oh, yeah. See dead bodies. Really? Anyway, we are he, totally he confirmed derailing. This? Yes, 100%. And they have How to many dead bodies and make a whole thing. Uh, he wasn't at liberty to say. It was basically all he could tell me. Because uh, he was anyway. terrified that Nicole Stockton <laughs> would show up. Right. And fearful yeah, for his exactly. life. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Why are you in my oh, bathroom? What? <laughs> What a great guy. He was so yeah, patient. I hope he found love. Dating people on the MTA because I went on a date with a guy who lost his thumb at the job. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was creepy. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I feel like we are at the point of wrapping up. So I'm going to throw this out here, uh, how we end all uh, episodes. And so this one, this week is going to be, um, you either decline the invite or you accept the invite. Mm, um, that's better than our last yeah. criteria. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, Jackie, meetings, do you accept the invite or do you decline the invite? That's too, I have so many questions around what type of invite this is. <laughs> well, you can also have stipulations. So, you could stipulate oh. your acceptance or your decline. Okay. I would say at this point, if I were to say, I would be accepting invites. With any caveats? With any caveats. Um, if it's for like a new project or an interview, I'm accepting. <laughs> All invites. <laughs> All invites. <laughs> All invites. Uh, just coming from a place of like curiosity. See what it's all about. Cool. Corinna, how about you? Are you accepting the invite or declining? I think so too. But I said, you know, kind of like Jackie, I have the liberty to not have 50 billion doofus invites coming to me for <laughs> status update meetings about crap. You know, like the invites I get are nicer. Like, do you yeah. want to hear me give this paper about this research that I did? Or do you want to, you know, come see me play music? Like, those are all. I was like, I don't have to ask the purpose of those to decide if I want to go or not, because it's like, it's really clear what the meeting's offering. And then I can be like, oh, I'm interested in that. I want to see and do and be a part of that. Or like, nah, not so much. Yeah. I like that. Greg, how about you? Uh, I will tentatively accept the invite. <laughs> it's a maybe. maybe. Yeah. It's a yeah. maybe. Yeah. Oh, would you prefer uh, another time? No, I, I, I mean, I, as much as I railed against meetings, like I recognize they are necessary at times. I, I don't think we could get by, especially in a virtual world, like without meetings. But I think you got to rethink what you're really doing there and try to be deliberate with them. And, you know, so I think I would venture, I guess, that half of the meetings I'm in attendance to on a daily basis don't need to actually be a meeting so yeah you just need That's a bot that stands in for you that like makes appropriate grunting noises every whatever mm -hmm. 
That's mm-hmm. primarily what I do is just grunt in meetings. <laughs> That's great. Joe, <laughs> so how about you? Mm. Yeah, is that your I, uh, decline uh, or your accept? Um, I so I think that I think a lot of it depends on the situation you're in, where you're working, all that kind of stuff. Um, right now, I accept because of you know the stuff I said before, like generally meetings are really good, but I have absolutely been in situations in my career where I would have been a hard, hard decline, like mm-hmm. blow up my calendar. I don't want any of this because of just what they were, or what it had turned into. So yeah, I, I, uh, I currently accept. Uh. <laughs> uh, tentatively. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I, I, I feel like my, I would decline by default. Think that's going to be my new mantra oh. but i will accept tentatively decline yes i will tentatively decline but i accept the premise of calling things what they are and not everything is going to be called a meeting from now on mm. so that's my behavior change i All like right. that thought what would you call it <clears throat> i i mean like i feel like if it's like if it's a working session like call it a working session if it's a decision making time to discuss or time to make a decision like i'll find some fun way to name that or if you just need to chat you know yeah and just name it a chat mm-hmm. yeah nonsense but what if a meeting wasn't like mm-hmm. on a on a google calendar good like, idea you just have yeah. time and people but it was actually like here's why i want you there i like i like i would i like how ha- i would like having that in the title of the meeting but I also am, am sort of pro, like, if there's not an agenda, I feel very much privileged to decline it <laughs> with you. Can I tack on one last thing? Please, wrap us up. Can, can, every, can everybody share their favorite meeting buzzword or phrase? <laughs> I love that. Oh. The yes. Most favorite and most hated or favorite, mm-hmm. like, what? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, okay, you, you decide here's the one that it's I don't know if it's a meeting thing it's, it's just circling I don't like the circling it's circling back, <laughs> circling it's like back. I roll into hell like the circling <laughs> never goes anywhere we're gonna circle back to that later that means like I don't know what the fuck that's about yeah it's kind of freaking yeah. me out and I'm uh, over there in the circle. <laughs> yeah I hate that one I like it uh, for me, it's the uh, give give time back. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna give everybody some uh, minutes back. Yes. Oh, thank you. Thank you, yeah, honor of my time. time. Yeah. Yes. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. What about Jackie? What what do you what do you love or hate? Um, I think one of the filler words is I'm gonna piggyback off of yeah what X Y Z said. I'm going to call attention to me at this yeah. moment. Yeah. And then just rephrase what they just said. Yeah. In a different way. <laughs> People have made careers out of that move. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Great. It's a like, skill. Like something yeah. can pop up over their head that's like, I'm just calling my attention to myself right now. Like that. Yeah. Nicole? Uh, I pin in it. 
Yeah. Oh, and, and I would say, <laughs> yes. And I would say, I, this is. What does this, that actually mean? I, like, circle back. Hold that thought. <laughs> but I would say, I, I also am very much of a not fan of using ask as a, um, <laughs> the ask. Mm. Like, my ask is. Like a noun, ask, as a noun. Yes, as a noun. When you just, use, I just, looked it up. It actually can ask. be used Wait, as a noun. Have you ever tried to use that with people who don't work in big companies? And they're like, what the fuck are you saying? No, but now I'm going to. Yeah. Now I'm going to because I want people to tell me how ridiculous that is. My ask of you is to bring the bread for dinner. Yeah. Like, like, what? <laughs> so and normal. I'll give you five minutes back if you bring butter. So. All right. Uh, Joe, yours? Uh, I'm just going to go with because it's Friday. Happy Friday. Everybody. <laughs> Happy Friday, everybody. That's amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everyone. And we will see you next time. Yay. Thank you. Bye, guys. Oh, it's good seeing you all. Right, so nice to see you. Bye. Bye. <clears throat>